You are listening to Gangland Wire, hosted by former Kansas City Police Intelligence Unit Detective Gary Jenkins. Well, welcome all you wiretappers out there. This is the uh, going to be one of a multi-part series called Portrait of a Hitman. In 1973, Chicago Tribune writer Bob Wedrich published a series of articles titled Portrait of a Hitman. In this series, he used the transcripts of his interview with a Chicago outfit hitman, leg breaker, and thief named Charles Chuck Cremaldi. Now, Charles Chucky Cremaldi was born September the 6th, 1933, in the Italian section around Taylor and Carpenter Streets. This was a neighborhood of two-story, three-story brick townhouses. Some of them had storefront businesses down the lower level with apartments up above. All around the intersection, there were coffee shops and restaurants and dry cleaners and different kinds of businesses that the neighborhood people would use. There was a survivor social club at Taylor and Racine. So this was this was like an old line uh, Italian neighborhood. Everybody attended the neighborhood Catholic church. Uh, they all went to the same school. So Chucky grew up right in the middle of it. Chucky was sent to prison at age nineteen or twenty after a series of different small time robberies and burglaries. I think his last crime uh, when he actually was sentenced to prison was a gas station burglary. This was in nineteen fifty two. He would have been about uh, what twenty years old. While in prison, he became a plumber. But a more interesting thing happened to him in prison. A couple of more interesting things happened to him in prison other than learning how to be a plumber. He was visited by Sam DiStefano. Now, Mad Sam or Sam DiStefano is a outfit loan shark and a pretty ambitious guy and, and a total nut. If you look, go back and listen to my two-part series on Mad Sam DiStefano, it'll get a real feel for what he is. But Mad Sam was on a recruiting mission while he was there. Now, by 1973, the FBI had turned Chuck, Chucky Cremaldi, and he'll end up testifying against Sam DiStefano and his brother Mario DiStefano and Tony Spilatro for the murder of another loan shark named Leo Foreman. Now, just before he left town to go into the witness protection program, he gave this series of interviews to Mr. Woodrich and their really interesting. They really give you an insider's view of what life was like in the Chicago outfit. Now, in this first episode, Grimaldi talks about his first stretch in the joint and his recruitment by Sam DiStefano. Now, don't forget to hit up the Venmo app and buy me a cup of coffee. Just a buck or two would be fine. Help us support this podcast. On Venmo, my code is ganglandwire, all one word. In, in this uh, article series, the author's first question was about Sam DiStefano visiting him in prison. And his first question was, did he use his own name when he went in there? Grimaldi answers, no, I don't know what name he used. And what did he say to you? Well, he said he'd heard of me in the neighborhood. We'd sat there talking for about 20 minutes with my mother not being there. She had gotten up and gone to the bathroom. He told me he would do everything humanly possible to get me out. And as long as I was working in the plumbing shop to try to learn to work with gasoline as far as making bombs. Or, if you have to, if something goes wrong, not to worry if you blow up a building or burn down a building. The state's got to pay for it anyhow. Plus, I'd be able to get all the experience possible at the expense of the state as long as I was there. 
Question, but who would teach you how to make a bomb in the penitentiary? Answer, oh, different thieves that were there. Try to gain all the knowledge you could about bombs, Sam said. If you get in the powerhouse, learn how to try and control the steam valves. So if you want to blow up a line for a distraction. Now is the time because it don't cost anything. The state's got to repair everything, plus it's like making work for yourself since you're a plumber. I'll tell you, that Sam, that Sam had it down, didn't he? That was amazing. Question, did DiStefano indicate he had learned the same things when he was in jail? Answer, yes, that he tried everything when he was in prison because it was cost-free, really. Question, a liberal education? Answer, yeah, associate with the good thieves and find out everything you could find out. Question, did DiStefano ever tell you to foment trouble as part of your training? Answer, yeah, instigate all you could, riot and everything else, and try to learn people's personalities. Become a conversationalist. Talk. Try to get information without giving information. In other words, his opinion was that the penitentiary was the best school in the world if you used it right. Did he actually try to do anything to get you out of prison early to the best of your knowledge? Answer. No, I don't have any proof. Well, what kind of things did you get into in prison? Answer. We instigated a little riot. A prisoner got killed and a guard got wounded or something. We burned down a building. I was in the other cell house. Question, how did you start the riot? Well, I was a plumber, like they call a red cap. I used to have the free run of the place, and I used to go any place, any shop. We used to have night yard when everyone would be out of the two cell houses altogether. So I would go around telling all everybody that I could all the hillbilly guards were going to shoot all the niggers, shoot the Italians. They hated them all. Yeah, we did a good job out of it. Actually, it was like a 10-day promotion deal. Question, but you never got personally involved in the riot? No, to be honest with you, while the riot was going on, I was the only con out of my cell because I was a 24-hour plumber. When the rioters were breaking into the toilets, I was the only one who knew where the valves were to shut them off, to stop the water from flowing. I was pretty proud of myself. If you check out June 23, 1954, while Carmaldi was a convict at this penitentiary, it's a penitentiary called Pontiac, I'm not sure where that is, 450 prisoners rioted, resulting in the death of one inmate and the injury of wounds to two others and a prison guard. So I would say that was probably true, his whole story about uh, helping ferment a riot and then going in and fix as much as can. That's really interesting about uh, what uh, Sam DiStefano told him, how to use the prison as a training ground to learn more about how to be a good crook. Question. When did you first heard of DiStefano? Answer. Oh, he was known around the neighborhood. He was known as a really organized hood, but a crazy man. They used to call Sam Dino, which means crazy in Sicilian. Oh, I thought it was Pazza, anyhow. Uh, So that's uh, kind of the story of how he got recruited by Sam DiStefano and what he did in the penitentiary and his first schooling by Sam DiStefano when he got out in 1955. He started running errands for Mad Sam, picking up, uh, collecting loan payments. By 1958, he would become Sam's favorite underworld detective. He he was going out hunting down, uh, doing skip tracing, shall we say. That's what you would call a skip trace, tracer when you try to find somebody that's laying low on the debt that's owed them. Uh, hunting down juice loan defaulters and checking on other collectors who 
Sam had put money, invested. Sam would invest money in other people who would go out and uh, loan out money, and then they'd do their own collecting. And he always suspected them of cheating, and and he would sick uh, uh, Chucky on them to figure out if they were cheating or not. Chucky Chucky had a had the next several years from 1955 until 1973 as an integral part of. Uh, the Chicago outfit, particularly this Taylor Street crew, and in that area, he he was part and parcel and had knowledge of every major outfit operation that went down during that those few years, which was really the peak of the the outfit. After by 1976, 77, uh, they are to me at the peak, and and it won't be until the early 80s when the Iupa and Sroni and all those guys are uh, Angela La Pietra are all brought down by the skimming trial and then it, uh, the skim case and then it all changed after that. And eventually, Jackie will talk about his new way of life, and and it's a pretty interesting quote that he's got here. Uh, when he's asked about it, he says it's a new way of life. It's appreciating people and liking them again. It's the first time I'm appreciating things that I see. The thought in your life was to go out put money out, do a juice loan, collect money, catch this guy, give him the beating if he deserves it. Look at everything as a potential score. Even walk into a supermarket and right away it would be nice to rob this place. Kind of watch how the manager goes to the safe. Now I don't even notice where the safes are anymore. So that's the end of, of this one. This will be the very first of a multi-part series on the interviews of Charles Chuck Cromaldi and we'll get a real insider's look on the Chicago outfit. If you have a problem with drugs or alcohol or you have a friend who does, make your first call to First Call. Call 816-361-5900 or go to their website, www.firstcallkc.org. And as always, I thank you for listening to my podcast. If you have iTunes, uh, think about giving me a review. I I read something the other day that a lot of people think if you hit subscribe, why they're going to want your credit card and they're going to start charging for anything. If you hit subscribe button on any podcast app, all it does is put it in your phone where when you when I put out a new episode, it'll automatically show up in your feed. And you can do the same thing on my website, ganglandwire.com, www.ganglandwire.com. If you subscribe to my website, you automatically get a notice, get an email each time a new episode comes out. Now, if you like what you hear and would like to support this podcast, please go to my website, which I just mentioned, go to the shop page and hit the donate button. If you donate $25 or more, you'll get a free copy of my Gangland Wire documentary. And if you want that documentary uh, and you don't want to spend that much money, why there's a cheaper way to get it. You can rent it for $1.99 on Amazon. I have a book, Leaving Vegas, How FBI Wiretaps Ended Mob Domination of Las Vegas Casinos, kind of a companion to the uh, Gangland Wire documentary film. And I would recommend that you get the Kindle version of that book because I have the actual wiretaps from that case. And I use a lot of them in the book. And in the Kindle version, you can just tap on a link wherever you see a wiretap transcript, and it'll go right to the actual audio, and you'll be able to listen to the actual audio. 
I have over 200 free back episodes of Gangland Wire for your listening pleasure. We go over everything from the Ku Klux Klan to the Kansas City Mafia to the Dillinger days and Al Capone early days. There's a really interesting uh, what four or five-part interview of a skyjacker that spent almost 40 years in, in the penitentiary before he got out and told me his story. And finally, don't forget about the Kansas City Mob Tour app and the Apple App Store. Good night, all you wiretappers out there. Music provided by our good friend and super fan from Portland, Oregon, Casey McBride. Thanks, Casey.